TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Folks, Chad Adams in for Vince Coakley. He's out doing exciting, fun things. I uh, sitting in, having a great time as we did yesterday. Vince will be back uh, first thing Monday, as far as I know. But uh, I tell you what, it, it, it's a rather bizarre time this through the looking glass we we had a great discussion yesterday love you guys listening being a part of the program you want to get in on that conversation you can give us a call on the ingles market talk line 1-800-928-1110 1-800-928-1110 for wbt whether in greenville spartanburg charlotte whatever wherever you are listening to this as we live thrive and survive you're welcome to give that phone number a call whatever you want to talk about we'll go right to it the dow jones off uh since a month ago over the past month alone down around 2,000 points, almost 6% in one month. You would have thought the jobs report coming out today would have been some kind of, it, it beat expectations. When's the last time we kind of heard that? You know, the Biden administration continuing to tell us things are going great. Things are things are good. Things are going great. They're not. Who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? It, it's a kind of through-the-looking-glass mentality that this administration has. Just, just ignore everything you don't like. Or blame what you don't like on something that's not you. We're a long, long way from a Harry S. Truman, the buck stops here, aren't we? We're, we're not. And it's, it's fascinating to see. And, and, and both parties do it to an extent. But the Democrats do it as a, a, a number one rule. Never accept responsibility for anything that you cause. Never look in the mirror and say our policies don't work. It's moving progressively. I, li- I like how they call themselves progressives because they got tired of being called liberals. They want to be called progressives. And and this is the thing. They like once once everyone realizes what they're up to, they change their name. So they're now the, the progressive movement. They're progressing us toward this dystopian, you know, socialist kind of agenda. And that I know people say, ah, oh, Chad, I'm checking out. You just said socialists. They're not all socialists. But if you if you are interested in growing the size and scope and of government, especially at the federal level. That really is moving in that direction. And there's no way you can have, you know, Bernie Sanders is a Democrat socialist. People try to say, well, Chad, he's not really a socialist. He's just a he's a democratic socialist. It's, it's different. And one of the the most serious problems with this view of socialism from the progressive left is that they honestly believe in their hearts that they, that the only reason socialism has failed everywhere it's ever been tried is because it wasn't done their way. So everywhere it's ever been tried over the past 200 years, the only reason it failed is because it wasn't done the right way. And, and that's, it, it's, it's a very dangerous mindset to have that if only we made the federal government powerful enough, 
if only we made any given aspect of governance more you know more powerful if only we did that then everything it would equalize everything we would we would we would have no discrimination we would have a peaceful government and the only people that would have government you know guns would be government the only people that would have this this power over what you could do what you could say where you could live would be government and then all discrimination would really be bound up in government that, that's the irony the irony is progressives like to say they're against any kind of uh, any kind of way of, of discriminating against you, but every one of their policies is discriminatory in nature. If you read Governor Cooper, even Governor Cooper in North Carolina, if you go through his executive orders, they're they're oddly specific. About there was one against uh, domestic violence, kind of, but it was only domestic violence against indigenous people. So it wasn't like you know, it, domestic violence against women that were indigenous, and he, so it, it you end up instead of writing one big executive order or some kind of proclamation, you end up writing like dozens of them. You recognize all different religious holidays. You have to do a proclamation for each one rather than recognizing the grand freedom of religious expression or protecting all women. What I loved about it when I retweeted, I said, okay, Governor Cooper, define woman. Your party, you people have trouble defining what a woman is. You have trouble now. You've gotten yourselves in such a box with respect to all of these pronouns and, and the way you look at women and men. And now you want everyone to focus on abortion because that's your new knee-jerk reality. And, but you have to say, well, they are they are beings that create other humans. I mean, you can't even say what women are anymore. Reproductive rights for men? No, reproductive rights for women. What's a woman? Well, that's kind of complicated. No, it's not. It is for you guys because you've created this 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 oddly spinning drain of of, of beliefs that contradict each other constantly. But that's where you live. That's where you live. That's where your reality is. That's why you get into kids' heads and want to change the way they think of themselves, the way they view themselves. You want to confuse the hell out of them, and then and then expect them to go out in society and not have a thousand different anxiety born creations in their own head because you planted these confusions you did you did now i want to get into the jobs report because i went way off tangent there started with jobs and ended up in in societal social construct issues but let's go through this jobs report a little bit because i think it's important for folks to understand i don't want to get too far in the weeds but let's let's kind of pick it apart because you're going wait the jobs report was good markets are reacting badly how do i put that together how do i make that football fly across home plate so that you can score a goal. It's, it's hard to do, but we're going to go through it. So when you looked at this, I was just looking, non-farm payrolls, that's the way we look at unemployment, 428,000. They were expecting 380,000 new jobs. So that's good. That's, you know, four, almost 50,000 new jobs created. And 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 that's good. Unemployment rate, 3.6%. You would think that's fantastic. They were expecting it to be 3.5, but 3.6 is good. And that's what the Biden administration, those are the numbers they're going to talk about today. Whenever they get asked questions, look at this, 3.6% unemployment, historically low. What they don't tell you is that there's 11.5 million jobs they can't fill. That 500, So you created 428,000 new jobs, but 500,000 people left the workforce. We have, we're in dangerous territory with respect to our participation rate. There are fewer people participating in the jobs market. The other thing is, if you looked at earnings year over year, it's up 5.5%. Good. People are making, in general, 5.5% more than they were last year this time when they were getting into the job market and, and, and jobs in general. Bad news, inflation's at 85 heading toward 10%. So you're making less with every job that's out there. You're making less than they were a year ago. 
you're losing ground. So the markets look at this and go, hey, wait, this is kind of uh, a mess. This is a, a very much a mess because we have 11 and a half million jobs that we can't fill. The unemployment rate held steady in April 3.6% or just a hair above February's 2020 level of 3.5 before the pandemic. Lowest level for joblessness since 1969. This came as the labor force participation rate actually dipped a little bit to 62.2 from 62.4, but it's still a mess. 500,000 folks decided to leave the workforce in April. The large decline is a concerning prospect for businesses that are facing one of the tightest labor markets in decades. Wages climbed, but staying behind inflation. So when you looked at the markets, and I was looking at the Dow just before we went on air, and uh, it, it just was quite off. 364 points off today, just since the opening bell. Hopefully, it won't stay there. Now, that, all of those things I just went through are declines, are declines in your overall ability to pay bills, your savings, everything like that. We need to take a break here. I'm Chad Adams sitting in for Vince Coakley. Big special thanks to Bernie making it all sound great there in the production area. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome back, folks. That musical journey you just experienced right before we came back. Thanks to Bernie, by the way. Absolute pro. It's a pleasure to be here on WBT. Chad Adams sitting in for uh, Vince Coakley out doing fun and exciting things. Also, a big thank to Vince, Mike, Ron, all the guys, and, and Bernie as well. So uh, back to that. I'm not going to go into it too far because it gets deeper in the weeds and it starts getting boring. And you, you, you'll just kind of we don't want you driving off the road when you're listening to an exciting talk radio show like this. So the, the, the final piece of this jobs report is that labor participation is at the lowest point it's been in a very long time. And, and that's the problem when you're heading forward and you're trying to get out. People are still spending money. I had a, a meeting yesterday with, with some investment folks. And looking ahead, we're kind of kind of charting what the course is going to look like ahead on, on a couple of things with build uh, housing and with the, you know, the markets and, and what people are doing. People are still spending money. They're making less and spending it, but they also are aware that there's that, that their money isn't buying as much, and they're trying to hedge against that. They, they think the Fed's going to do this, that, and the other, and I'll get into it in, in a moment. Labor rate participation near lowest since 1977. You look at the chart there, 
And that's alarming. A lot of people just not in the labor market. You hear people working from home, and, and there is a lot of transition. We're not out of the, the COVID labor problem yet. People are making more, but they're not keeping up with inflation. So as we look at that, we've got to be very concerned. And you look at the Dow Jones, it's down, it's, uh, down 270, so it's trying to come back to, to level, but it's just not quite there yet. And as you look at, at housing and some other issues, uh, it, it's we're still not out of the supply chain. I'll get to another story today, by the way, this baby formula story that's that it's out there. It's it, you have to wonder how the hell we got there. How do we get to a situation where we have baby formula problems? Now, to give you an example of uh, that, you can see a lot of confusion out in the finances right now. And I'm not telling anyone to be panicky, but it's good to be aware. Knowledge is power. You guys need to have knowledge to 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 have power over your own lives. So I'm looking at the Real Clear Markets average. If you go to Real Clear, you'll get summaries. You'll get this kind of aggregated information that's out there. So if you go to Real Clear Markets. I do this a lot with the real clear politics and real clear markets. You can see kind of they try to balance it. So they throw left and right stories out there. So you see one that loves Biden and one that hates Biden. And you kind of get a balanced approach to things. And you can also see how myopic people look at things. When I look at the market aggregator, it's a little, you know, the first story is from Fisher Investments. The market narratives are volatile, which is telling. So you, you, we know there's a lot of volatility out there. The second one from the New York Times is, can the U.S. business schools reimagine capitalism? A again, concern about what's going on in the institution of high, institutions of higher learning. Unintended consequence for the SEC climate disclosures. Uh, book review about the Palace Papers. Let's not worry about that one. How to protect your funds if the Fed worries you. So we start to see that the Fed. Then the next one is why the Fed waited so long to do something about inflation. Then the next one, the Federal Reserve's unplanned soft landing. The next one, it isn't the Fed's theater of rate hikes that got us here. The next one, the Federal Reserve is not fixing the problem. The next one, the Fed could have trouble avoiding a double-dip downturn. So you see this aggregated, rarely do you see that many stories about the Fed, but there is a, a huge disparity of opinion about what the Fed's doing. What we do know, what I happen to believe, is that the Fed in general is is reactionary and doesn't necessarily read the tea leaves, even though they're supposed to be the brightest minds controlling you know, monetary policy for the country. It doesn't mean they do it well. If, if you're relying on the Fed to fix this problem, that's not going to do it. You need to unleash the power of the entrepreneur. The power of the entrepreneur, unleash the, unleash the power, You know, get stop the headwinds, turn loose, quit blaming wealthy people, quit, quit creating class warfare. Do everything you can to, to make that supply chain work. Get out of the, the doldrums of this. People want to, to do things. They want to be innovative. They want to. But they start, when you get into this kind of environment, people start, if they slow down enough, there's no telling what can happen. So about the baby formula story. I don't know how many of you have heard this, if you're tracking it, if you're watching this. But, you know, I, it came to my attention about a week ago. I was, I was seeing in the stores, and you would see when you walk through your grocery stores. And you're looking around and you're you see, you know, hey, you remember over the past two years, different points in time, your grocery stores were empty of different products. One of the greatest manifestations of capitalism is the cereal aisle. I always love to go into a cereal aisle in any supermarket and look at the diversity of things we put in a bowl of milk every morning. It's astounding. I mean, basically, it's, it's, it's an assortment of things that would otherwise be you know, considered dessert or tasty, you know, something. But you pour it in milk and you call it fortified with vitamins and, and you call it breakfast. But it is an astounding array of divergent products that are on the cereal aisle. And you saw that take a hit to over the past two years. It's now been replenished. But then you would see other areas of your store shelves kind of drawing down empty. 
And th- this one is from the Daily Mail. It's it, it's a prevalent story. You can look it up. It's all over the place. I can't feed my son. Desperate parents cannot get a hold of baby formula amid a national shortage as stores ration. Stores are rationing cans that are selling on eBay for up to $100 after an infection killed the baby and caused a huge recall. Mothers across the country are struggling to feed their babies amid this shortage. In the week ending April 24th, 40 to 50% of the top-selling baby formula products were out of stock at stores across the nation. The national out-of-stock levels jumped 9 percentage points from 31% to 40% between April 3rd and April 24th. That's up 11% from last November, with the average cost up more than 18%. The shortage comes amid COVID-related supply chain issues and a national recall after a bacteria was found in a Michigan plant. So what you see, and this is the important part of things, the free market is an amazing machine. The fact that you can go to your store and get a banana or a pineapple that was grown somewhere in Costa Rica that is still ripe, still delicious, and you can get it to your, whether you live in New York or Florida, that you can get a product like that that is is cut in a field, shipped overseas on a boat, gets to you through a distribution change, including trucks and all the transportation costs that are there, and those bananas are still relatively affordable. That is amazing. We don't think about it because we kind of take it for granted. There's stuff in my store. I can buy it. I can feed myself. I can get really good stuff. You walk through a bakery, and it's hard to walk through the bakeries in these stores because there's so much stuff that's bad for you. But, man, it smells delicious. Now, that's amazing. But you also realize how fragile it is when something like that, some one small one small mistake, one small health crisis concern can disrupt the entire supply chain. And that's why when you saw all those ships sitting off California, by the way, they're still not all in port. That supply chain issues, what it did to housing, what it did, we are still not fully recovered from that. It may seem that way, but it is strained at best as we attempt to move forward. So those are the things, and and you have to wonder, you know, Pete Buttigieg and the rest of the administration, it's kind of not acting like it's a big deal. You know, even even our governor here in North Carolina, the governor of South Carolina, they, they, they care, but they, they get to say, well, it's not really ours. It's not really our problem. And I was looking at gas, gas. Have you noticed it's creeping back up again? Have you noticed? I mean, $4 a gallon gas, pretty prevalent everywhere. California, $5, $6 a gallon gas. You know, I, I'm so old. I'm so old. I can remember like less than $2 a gallon gas. Oh, yeah, it was so long ago, like 24, I don't know, months ago. <laughs> like 20 months ago. This is the kind of stuff we're looking at. Now, when we get back, we're going to take a break here in a couple minutes. And when we get back, we're going to talk about this. The, there's, a, there's a great report on the trans brain. It, it's interesting, I promise. The doxing of Supreme Court justice. What's going on with COVID? There's so much more to cover. There's things happening. We're going to let you know about them. You can get on the conversation, 1-800-928-1110. 1-800-928-1110. You're welcome to be a part of that. We will be back. Chad Adams singing in for Vince Coakley. Stay tuned. You know, we could just listen to this, have a conversation on the back porch somewhere while we wait for a level two, three storm threat to pass. (laughs) 
or talk about going to the coast where it's absolutely gorgeous all the time. Now, except when there's a hurricane, things are blowing. Then it feels a little like, you know, I don't know, an election. Now, uh, when we went to the break, we, we were we were going to discuss a little bit about COVID. I wanted to say, hey, let's talk about COVID. We haven't talked a lot about it, but there's a lot to be discussed as we move forward away from what happened. If we don't learn the right lessons, we're going to be destined to repeat the same failed policies that took place. We need to we need to talk about that. It is funny to me as the left is screaming about telling women and they can't define what a woman is, but they when it's convenient, they use the word woman. Tell women what to do with their bodies. The same group of people that are screaming that don't tell me what to do. My health care, my choice are the same people that wanted to imprison people for not getting a covid vaccination who wanted to not allow those people to function in society, who wanted to force you and mandate you and tell you exactly what you could do with your entire body by keeping it at home, locking you down and forcing you to wear a mask and, and a thousand other things under the auspices of public safety, which created in our, our viewpoint a problem with government trust. It's created a massive problem with trust of the CDC, a massive problem with trust of government agencies, health and human services. Even the gov governor of North Carolina, we are still in year three of an emergency order that he has yet to repeal. But let's get into some of the topics, because I was looking at North Carolina and South Carolina's uh, situation with COVID right now. Um, and this is from South Carolina First. W For the first time in a while, the words increasingly rapidly appear on a weekly update from the Medical University of South Carolina's COVID-19 Epidemiological Intelligence Project. COVID cases in Charleston rose 80% compared with the previous week. In Florence, the growth rate hit 191%, and Midland saw a 289% increase. Those sound terrifying, don't they? It's the difference in percentage and actual cases. Percentage-wise, that sounds horrible. In actual cases, not so much. But the numbers are small. The Charleston area had seven cases per day out of 100,000, seven cases per 100,000 people. Florence, two per day out of 100,000 people. The Midlands, eight. So see how you can use percentages. If I just went by percentages, I could scare the hell out of you. But if I give you the actual number of cases, you're like, oh, oh, two per 100,000. But two per 100,000 represents a 191% increase in Florence. Those are radical undercounts, they're saying. So part of what the government does to look at this, so you have actual cases. If you, In the North Carolina, to give you some perspective, if you this is from WBT in Charlotte, according to the state's COVID-19 dashboard, more people visited emergency rooms reporting symptoms. Those numbers were up from 2% to 3%. In other words, in the emergency room, two out of every 100, three out of every 100 now having symptoms of COVID. Doesn't mean they're positive, but they're, they're visiting rooms with symptoms. The state also monitors wastewater, which is what I wanted to get to. It's not just North Carolina, but they're looking at, at the water and looking at how many particles, COVID particles, they're finding in wastewater. So the number was up over the last seven days, going from 11.3 million COVID-19 virus particles to 12.2 million. Now, they don't give you any perspective on what that means. Because you would think 11 million COVID particles is not a very high number. It really isn't. Yeah. It's a very tiny number. <laughs> Viruses are so small. It's like the head of a pen. But how many? The statewide, that's how many they count? The state, the number of cases in North Carolina went from 9,800 to 12,500. However, those numbers are still low compared to when the state was back in January when it had 234,000 new cases in a single week. 
99 counties in North Carolina in green, meaning low community spread. There's only one in white. That's Alamance County reporting medium community spread. So these are now, now that's, that's when it comes and they get into a discussion about vaccinations. And I think there's a lot of discussion to be had about vaccinations over time and what that meant. I mean, we were told it really prevented it, stopped it. It didn't, it, uh, it made it milder. I don't know. My mother was triple vaccinated, still died of it in February. So there's, there's a lot of discussion to be had on that front that needs to be had on that front. But the good news is we're transitioning. And, and then the, the story I really wanted to get to is that w- where it's going. So where do we where do we think this is going? And the good news on COVID variants and the way it's changing. And we always knew that once a virus is kind of loose in society, it evolves. It changes. The, the good news is it tends to change in a way that we can adapt to it, like the seasonal flu. That doesn't mean everybody's going to be immune or there won't be horrible stories that happen. There are with the flu every year. It just isn't newsworthy, but it happens. So COVID is likely to become like the seasonal flu. The issue is, how do we protect ourselves against it moving forward? What kind of crazy government policies? And one thing we did learn from COVID is, one thing that I did especially, was the degree to which the government can absolutely take away every freedom you have now under the auspices of public safety. The valuable lesson for Democrats and socialists is they learned, wow. And if you'll remember, let's go back to the 80s and 90s. It's important to think through this stuff. There were still there were still aspects of Democrat of the Democrat Party that were absolute socialist, but they realized it wasn't popular. It wasn't working. They were changing their name from liberal to, to progressive. They were trying to they weren't that we're not socialists, but they're pushing socialist ideas. You know, they wanted single payer health care. They, they knew they wanted socialized medicine, but it didn't sell. It wasn't good. You know, Obamacare, as it came along in the early 2000s, Obamacare was kind of the, a dramatic step in that direction. There was nothing about the Affordable Care Act that made it more affordable. There was nothing about the Affordable Care Act that made it more care. We didn't get better care, and we didn't become more affordable. Both of those things got worse, not better. If you want your doctor, you like your doctor, keep your doctor, know one of the largest lies of the 21st century. Now, I say that because every move they make on the left is moving toward that. It's, it's an erosion of freedom. If you're absolutely free, every negotiation from the political left is about taking some aspect of freedom away. So every time you negotiate, you take more. it's always from absolute freedom to not. So the negotiation is always moving to the left. No matter what, it's moving from freedom to a place that's not freedom. So during the 90s, and I go back and as Jen Psaki would say, circle around, and we'll circle back to this. When, we, when, when the left realized that socialism just wasn't popular, wasn't selling, they transitioned to something very interesting. They were watching and they were part of, you know, this climate change, global warming back then was more, and they always changed the phrase. It was global warming that became old and passive. Climate change is now the big, the big thing. But they realized that, wait a minute, everything that we want to achieve from a socialist standpoint, we can do under the auspices of climate change. The goal of climate, you know, the goal of the, the cult of climate change was to get you out of your car, to get you away from gas powered vehicles, to give government more power over what you could do to, to, to have freedom. Every aspect of it requires every aspect of dealing with climate change requires the government to have more power to control the means of production, to control the means of energy production, to control how and where and how much energy you can use and utilize. So all the socialists said, this is great. Let's just jump right into the climate change battle because all of a sudden we don't have to talk about being socialists anymore. We can talk about being climate change people. We care about the environment. And then COVID came along. And COVID taught us something very interesting. And we're going to talk about that because what they can do with COVID 
was the, they can do it much more rapidly than they can ever do it with climate change. So now under the auspices of public safety, they can do much more. We're going to talk about that. I'm Chad Adams sitting in for Vince Coakley. You'd like to get in on the conversation. It's 1-800-928-1110, 1-800-928-1110. We will be right back in a couple minutes. Special thanks to Bernie out there. Stay tuned. Welcome. Welcome back. Chad Adams sitting in for Vince Coakley here at WBT. The fine, I, I really, having done a lot of work in radio North Carolina, all, all over this great state, WBT, an amazing station. I, I would argue the best, best reach, best staff, balanced, amazing. Sound out of breath, so I ran for a second. Now, having said that, I, I want to get into kind of the lessons that we needed to learn because I, I discussed before the left always looks for a way to use and i hate to be you know quote sololinsky you know never let a crisis go to waste they're very good at pouncing on things and trying to get uh, get into the emotion and away from rational thought you find that with the blm movement it was much more about emotion than it was rational thought is this knee-jerk reaction to get everyone fired up roe v wade much more about emotion than actual thought and thinking through what the judge alito what it actually said was turning things over to the states. Democrats, for some reason, are absolutely terrified of states' rights. They're absolutely terrified of a 50-state a way of looking at all problems in society because they know, they absolutely know, that freedom is the direction that people want to go to. They want freedom. It's a natural state for human beings to want freedom, collective freedoms, community freedoms. They like freedom. And if you turn everything over to the states, but you can force things, if you can date at the federal government, the Democrats realize via the courts or just power or executive order, they can force more power down. They can control. They have commanding control at the national level from the federal government. Having to fight it out in 50 states doesn't work very well for them. You see that play out. You saw it play out during COVID. You see it play out economically. You see it play out. 50 states, states' rights, the design of the system is anathema to the political left. Now, this is a post over at the New York a post. It's actually a column at the New York Post by John Tierney. And the New York Post, you'll remember, was the, the group that was banned by Twitter and by Facebook for posting the Hunter Biden story, which turned out to be true. Turned out to be 100% true. And it was and, and suppressed by most of the three-letter media. You saw this happen in real time. It's still a nightmare. The Hunter story, everyone's trying, everyone. I, I don't like doing that. Uh, many of the folks in media have begrudgingly admitted that the Hunter story was true. There are problems with the Biden family crime syndicate that have to be covered and will be. It's not going away. It's not going away. It's just not. But this is the column about COVID. And the way that the political left takes a given situation and it learns valuable lessons. If you've ever, if you've ever had a, and I'm going to say fights, fights the wrong word. If you've ever had if you've ever dealt with raccoons, and I, I, I'm part country, so I love this. Raccoons are very smart critters. And if you put up things to stop raccoons from getting in your trash, your bird feeders, or whatever it is, what you learn is that raccoons are extremely adaptable. 
and they learn. You put up a fence, they learn how to scale it. You put on devices that that protect a device, they'll learn how to undo it to, a, to an extent. And it's fascinating to watch how nature learns to overcome things. It's just a, a cleverness to survival that's built in. The political left acts very much like that. You give them an inch, they will, they will, they will, you know, you, you negotiate in good faith and they take advantage of that and they really push for more power all the time. And they they are relentless at that. Now, more than a century ago, Mark Twain identified two fundamental problems that would prove relevant to COVID. How easy it is to make people believe a lie, he wrote, and how hard it is to undo that work again. No convincing evidence existed at the beginning of the pandemic that lockdowns, school closures, and mask mandates would protect people against the virus. But it was remarkably easy to make the public believe these policies were the science. And all of that is true. There was no science that those things worked. Undoing this deception is essential to avoiding further hardship and future fiascos, but it will be exceptionally hard to do. The problem is that so many people want to keep believing the falsehood. Adults meekly surrendered their most basic liberties, cheered on leaders who devastated the economy and imposed two years of cruel and unnecessary deprivations on their children. They don't want to admit those sacrifices were in vain. They can't, the Democrats can't admit what they've done to education, to our kids. Think about that. If you had a kid that was going in, that was in kindergarten, at the end of that year, gone, that, the next two years gone, they're, they're in fourth grade now or third grade. Third grade, going into third grade, behind years of, of the most critical developmental time. But I digress. Back to this. The left is engaging in what social psychologists call effort justification, which has been observed in studies of painful initiation rituals for fraternities and other groups. Once people endure the pain, they convince themselves that it must have been worth it, even when the reward is worthless. If one brief bad experience can transform people's thinking, imagine the impact of the pandemic's ceaseless misery. It's been a two-year-long version of Hell Week, especially in America's blue states, with Anthony Fauci and Democrat governors playing the role of fraternity presidents, humiliating the pledges. Governor Cooper, insert yourself here. Americans obediently donned masks day after day, stood six feet apart, disinfected counters, and obsessively washed their hands while singing happy birthday. They forsook visits to friends and relatives, and followed orders to skip work and church. They forced young children to wear masks on the playground and in the classroom, a form of hazing too extreme even for Europe's progressive educators to undo the hazing. Remember, kids learn by seeing your mouth move. They mimic the movements of your mouth from almost birth. They're mimicking the shape of your mouth, the movement. They're, they're magnificent at doing that. That's how they learn. You put a mask, you, you set kids back in their ability to speak and communicate. To undo the hazing's effects, well, you know what? There's so much here that we can't just finish this up. It would be silly to do so. We're going to do this, though. Hour two getting ready to be underway. Chad Adams sitting in for Vince Coakley. So much more to go. Lessons to be learned. Summaries to be made. Your phone calls to be had. So do stay tuned. We'll be right back after this here on the Vince Coakley Show. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.